Welcome back to Drive Time Devotionals. This is a podcast of 10-minute teachings from the Scriptures to help you stay close to Jesus. Hey, I can't wait to dive into the Word today to explore with you what I call the Kingdom Come Prayers. Now, remember back, the outline that Jesus gave us for praying begins with us acknowledging that God is our Father. And then the very first request in that prayer outline is for His kingdom to come. That's that phrase that you maybe stated as a kid and didn't know what in the world you were saying. It's not a phrase that we simply repeat. Kingdom come praying is how we ask God for the things He wants to do in and through us. It is how we pray according to God's perfect will. Kingdom come praying is what Jesus told the disciples on that Holy Thursday night when he promised them that if they would ask according to his Father's will, he would do it every time. So in this episode, we're going to unpack a prayer request that you can know that the Father will grant to you every single time that you ask him. Isn't that wild? Every single time you ask. So the first kingdom come prayer is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Now listen to the word of God. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, that was kind of difficult to take in because it is one of the most majestic passages in the Bible. And that's because it comes from one of the most amazing chapters in all of Scripture. I encourage you to take some time later to read all of Ephesians 1 and consider the stunning truths that God declares about you and me and all who belong to Him in that marvelous chapter. It may also help you to read how that church was founded, which is recorded in Acts chapter 19. That was in the early 50s, and his letter to them was written about 10 years later. If you want to dig a little deeper, you can even read Jesus' warning to the church in Ephesus that is recorded in Revelation chapter 2, and that was probably in the early 90s. The New Testament letters called the epistles were first and foremost written to the churches, to all the believers in those cities as they gathered together to worship and to learn. We tend to read those portions of Scripture as a personal letter to ourselves from God, and they are that, but it's first and foremost, these letters are written to the gathered believers. So we have to understand them in that context as if we're reading them all together in our church or in our small group and the implications they hold to the whole group. So the proper understanding of these letters makes a huge difference in how we understand and apply the truths therein. It's helpful to remember, too, that each word written comes from the inspiration of the Spirit of Jesus. The exact wording is very specific and divinely inspired. Therefore, it's important to understand that most New Testament translations we have today typically come from the same Greek translation, which is a compilation of thousands of ancient manuscripts. 
There is no other ancient literature that can even begin to compare to the reliability of the Bible. However, the English translators used different words and phrases to try to capture the original meaning of the Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Because our English language is constantly changing and evolving, new Bible translations are continually being produced. Some translations focus more on finding the closest word-for-word or literal meaning, while others emphasize a thought-for-thought philosophy. I've chosen the English Standard Version, or the ESV, for most passages due to its essentially literal translation style. Now, depending on the translation you use, it is sometimes difficult to tell if this prayer in Ephesians 1 has one request or multiple requests. The most reputable scholars today agree that this prayer is a single request to God with three incredible results. And the request is this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul and his team were led by the Spirit to continually intercede for the believers in each of these new churches. They knew that these followers desperately needed God's help through his Spirit to be able to stay true to their new faith. His primary request was that the Father would give them his Spirit so that they could know God better and better. God's primary desire for those believers was for them to increase in their understanding of his word and his ways. And it is his will for you and me too. Think about that. The God of the cosmos wants you to know him deeply so that you will trust him more faithfully and love him in greater devotion. He wants us to believe that every word he has given us in the Bible came from him. And it is unequivocally true. Your Heavenly Father wants you to develop a deep desire to want to know Him so well that you will keep asking Him to help you do that. He is working in you to help you understand the Bible and strengthening you so that you can apply it in every situation you face. God wants to fill your heart and your mind with His Spirit's wisdom and insights so that you can grow in full knowledge and rich understanding of His words and His ways. Now, the idea of knowing God intimately can be really intimidating. I mean, how can a simple human being possibly know Yahweh deeply and intimately? How can the one who created the stars and galaxies, who sustains atoms and celestial orbits, be known like a loving father? Have you ever met a celebrity? I got to meet Muhammad Ali back in 1982. Shaking his big old hand was almost terrifying, but he was extremely kind. Then a few years ago, my wife and I were in New York City and got tickets to the Jimmy Fallon show. I was fortunate enough to be seated on the aisle. If you know his custom, at the end of the show, Jimmy runs up the aisles, and I got to give him a high five. When we got home, we watched the taped show the night it aired, and there we were on TV with me giving my new best friend Jimmy Fallon a high five. What if I really did know Jimmy? What if we frequently text back and forth? How cool would that be? How much more cool is it that you can text God? Have you ever thought about prayer that way? After all, isn't prayer kind of like texting God? If you knew him better, you would have more confidence to talk with him more naturally and more regularly throughout the day about the things that happen to you, what's important to you, what's going well, what's not. Praying would be your desire. It would become a habit as natural as talking with your friends. 
So what's the answer? You and I need to know God better. The great news is that this is His will for you and for me. More than anything, God wants you to know Him really, really well. He wants you to be more comfortable and more confident in His presence, even though you can't see Him. He wants you to open your heart to Him and pour out your cares on Him just like you would a trusted friend. By believing that Jesus is the Lord of your life, you are His friend. As his friend, he wants to teach you all about his most gracious and glorious father. He loves his father with an unwavering devotion. That's what took him to the cross. And he loves you as a brother or a sister, like a dear friend. Of course he wants you to know all about his father. Jesus knows that as you get to understand his father better, you will grow in your loving devotion to him. That is Jesus' ultimate purpose, that you love his Father as much as he does. In the Kingdom Come Prayer in Ephesians 1.17, the word that the Spirit led Paul to use is a very special word for knowledge. It is a compound word in the Greek language that adds a prefix to the normal word for knowledge. Therefore, it's not just knowledge, but it means full and complete and intimate understanding. The prefix helps to convey that God wants us to have a very personal and intimate understanding of who He is and what He is like. You have many acquaintances that you know, but you probably only have a few close friends that you know really well and who know you. What if your relationship with your Father in the heavens was similar to your relationship with your very best friend? Jesus used the same compound for knowledge when he described how he and the Father know each other. In Matthew eleven twenty seven, Jesus stated, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. The Father and the Son have this complete and intimate knowledge of each other. They know each other so well that they are always one in total unity and harmony in their actions and desires. And the absolutely wild truth about our faith in Jesus is that His Father wants us to get to know Him in a similar way as His Son knows Him. So begin asking the Father to give you His spirit of wisdom and revelation throughout the day so that you will know him better and better. We'll continue in this amazing prayer in the next few episodes. Until then, may you experience the grace of Jesus throughout each day and come to know him more and more.